The Navarro Miller Report, featuring the hottest in news, entertainment, sports, and all those topics for the mainstream audience. The Navarro Miller Report. Welcome, everyone, to the Navarro Miller Report right here on DAVI Radio Los Angeles, the show that brings you all the news and entertainment, sports, and other topics. I'm your host, Dave Navarro. And I'm Jeremy Miller. And uh, Jeremy, what a horrible weekend we had, man. We lost uh, an incredible uh, comedian, actor, and uh, father figure to many people uh, all over the world from the TV show Full House. Uh, Bob Saget passed away this weekend at the age of 65 years old. Uh, huge loss. He was uh, found unresponsive in uh, in a at, at a Ritz hotel uh, shortly after he had just done uh, an, a stand up uh, one of his stand up events at uh, at one of the the places where he was scheduled to be at. He's, he was on tour. Uh, the authorities were called to his room. Actually, his his family was trying to reach him and and they weren't able to reach him. So they called authorities to go check on him. And when they got there. Uh, they just, uh, they, they found him, he was cold, he was unresponsive. They said that he had his hand over his left hand over his chest and right hand on the bed. So nobody really knows the cause of death. Uh, right now they are saying that, uh, it's possibly, uh, not, uh, not, uh, it's, it's possibly not no foul play. It's possibility that there's no foul play or drugs in his system. Uh, so at this point, nobody really knows exactly what happened. Toxicology reports and the autopsy, final autopsy reports won't be in for another uh, 10 to 12 days. So that's going to be uh, something that uh, we won't know exactly what happened uh, to Bob Saget. And uh, ho- the whole Hollywood community right now is is completely shocked. His full house family is completely uh, just destroyed right now for everything that happened. Candace Cameron went ahead and she tweeted out, I don't know what to say. I have no words. Bob was one of the best human beings I've ever known in my life. I loved him so much. Uh, John Stamos tweet tweeted out, uh, I am broken. I am gutted. I am in complete and utter shock. I will never, ever have another friend like him. I love you so much, uh, Bobby. Uh, Kat Dennings, who also played his TV daughter shortly after Full House uh, went off the air, uh, she went ahead and tweeted, oh, God, Bob Saget, the loveliest man. I was his TV daughter for one season, and he was always so kind and protective. So, so sorry for his family. And like that, there's just so many others. Uh, Jody Sweden was was radio silent uh, all day, all, all evening yesterday. She went ahead and uh posted a long message that i'm i'm not gonna go into uh completely but uh this this is definitely i mean mary kate nashley olsen also tweeted out their 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 uh, sorrow for the loss dave coulier coulier uh Lori laughlin every pretty much the entire cast of full house have has really felt this this loss and jeremy i know that you can relate to something like this you lost the tv dad as well you know in alan thick I mean, this this has got to be a huge, huge loss for for this cast. It, it, I can tell you, it is uh, to be a part of a TV family that was as close as they were, and they were definitely as close as we were as a cast on Growing Pains. It, it's it's very hard to lose. I mean, it's it's it really is like losing a parent. Um, on top of that, I mean, I knew Bob. Um, Bob Saget was an amazing man. Uh, just one of the sweetest, kindest human beings you'd ever know. I didn't know him as well as I knew the kids on Full House. Um, you know, we didn't interact as often together because he was an adult, but he was always very kind to us, was just an amazing, funny, funny man. And I can't tell you how sorry I am for the cast because this is a really painful thing to deal with. Um, and on top of that, I know that they're dealing with, uh, you know, they're dealing with it's it's not just the loss of a family member, but there's a lot that comes with that. You're expected to make a statement. You're expected to talk. They're being hounded by media right now, I guarantee you. Um, 
this is a time for them to just step back and be able to grieve a little bit. This is no different than losing a parent. And uh, man, this is just this is a loss to the to the entire entertainment world. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, uh, Bob touched so many people's lives, I, not just with with uh, with comedy, but just with him being himself a good person as so many people have said so many wonderful things about him. I mean, obviously, he was the voice of one of our favorite shows. You, you got me actually uh, into the show was uh, How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> and uh, he was the voice of of an older uh, of an older uh, version of uh, the main character who I can't remember the name. Dead. Uh, Ted, thank you. Yes, Ted, um, and he he played the 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 older version of Ted uh, for the first few seasons of the show. Allison Hannigan also went ahead and posted. She was uh, one of the one of the actresses on How, How I Met Your Mother. She said one of my favorite memories of Bob was when I was fifteen or when I was babysitting his daughter, Aubrey. I was 15, she wasn't feeling well, and I couldn't get her to sleep or stop crying. Bob came home and took her in his arms, played a Tracy Chapman song on the stereo, and danced with her until she fell asleep on his shoulder. It was such a beautiful and significant moment for me, and I'm sure just one of a million moments like that for them. He was a wonderful dad and a human. I love you, Bob, rest in peace. I mean, the, the tweets are just like Adam Sandler also uh, posted a picture of Bob. Uh, great man, funny as hell, such a nice person. Love to love to Bob and his whole family. Amy Schumer, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis. The list just goes on and on, Jeremy, of all the people that, that you would not expect uh, to have been touched by this man. I mean, we all see him as Danny Tanner on full house that's how we all saw like most of us uh 90s kids 80s kids whatever we all saw him as danny tanner on full house nobody really knew how much of a reach this man had in the entertainment industry well i can tell you i had the same view of him as a kid that everybody had you know they saw him on full house and he was this wholesome dad and this kind generous person behind the scenes and sweet to everybody but he had another life and that was as a comedian and his him as a comedian is very different a raunchy um, sense of, he had a raunchy sense of humor <laughs> not just raunchy i mean he pushed boundaries he really did and nothing was off limits with bob saget when it came to his comedy and uh i can tell you he gave a best man's toast at Alan's, uh, Alan Thicke, who played my dad. Um, they were very, very dear friends. And I believe he gave best man's toast. I think it was at Alan's second wedding. Uh, no, that would be third. Oh God, I don't know. Um, sorry, <laughs> it Al. One, it was at one of Alan's weddings. <laughs> sorry, Al. Um, but oh, he, uh, you know, he got up and he gave this toast that was so raunchy and so inappropriate for a wedding. And it went, it went on for maybe 10 minutes and oh, it, was, he, it was hysterical. But as a kid who only knew him as most of America and most of the world saw him as this wholesome dad, I mean, my jaw was on the floor, but I was, I mean, I was laughing hysterically. My side hurt. Every one of us, I mean, we were falling out of chairs. He was, he was killing it. Uh, but you know, Bob Saget was a, a a brilliant comedian. He was an incredibly funny guy, very irreverent, and um, you know that's that's he had a reach that crossed a lot of different boundaries. Well, as I said, uh, Jody Sweden was was radio silent for the longest time. And speaking of inappropriate jokes, she actually uh, in part of her the post that she that she wrote uh, this morning, it reads. Uh, I'll miss you, Bob. I'll make sure and tell an inappropriate joke at your funeral in your honor. I know you would you would have wanted that, but you were supposed to be here longer. How rude. Thank you all for the love and to his amazing wife and my FH family. We'll get through this together. Um, I mean, it's obvious that that everybody knew him for his for his raunchies. I remember the first time I heard him say something really raunchy was in uh, that that movie uh, with um, with uh, Dave Chappelle, and I guess he was in a, he was a part of a group of of, of uh, drug addicts or something like that, and he said the raunchiest thing, and I was like, did that just come out of Danny Tanner's mouth? Like <laughs> I was just shocked. I was like no way and everybody was like oh trust us this guy is like this guy's stand-up is insane like you would never think it because he seems so wholesome he seems so nice so pure and he had he was he was crazy <laughs> to say the least 
Well, again, it, it just shows, you know, how uh, a comedic persona can be so different from, and I, I don't mean different in that he didn't make those kind of jokes in regular life. I mean, he was, uh, Bob Saget was known for, you know, hitting, hitting a very uh, irreverent joke at, at the perfectly inappropriate time. And it was, it was something to love about the man. It really was, but he also was a, beautiful, kind, generous, caring man who I, you know, short of his comedy being raunchy and, you know, inappropriate at times, no one ever had a bad word to say about the man. You know, everybody who's been involved with him, everybody whose lives he's touched have nothing but warmth and and love in remembering him. I mean, and it's, it's, it's crazy because like, it, you know, many people, they, they go ahead and they see, they see, you know, like these, they, these, they know who Bob is, but the people that don't know Bob, like the trolls on social media, they always have something bad to say. Like they were basically, I, I saw a couple of, uh, of, uh, uh, of social medias that they were kind of criticizing, saying, "Oh, Bob's not a good person because he was making inappropriate jokes about the Olsen twins and all this other craziness." Which, by the way, like these are jokes. Nothing was ever like they were actually starting to say that, "Oh, he's a pedophile," this, that, and the other. And they, were, first of all, he was never accused of anything, not even close or remote to something like that ever. And uh, people were saying that and they were correcting like, no, you need to stop because that's a huge accusation, first of all. Second of all, these are jokes. And Bob was always very inappropriate to the point that even Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, they went ahead and sent joint statements uh, basically saying, quote, we are deeply saddened that he is no longer with us, but know that he will continue to be by our side to guide us as gracefully as he always has. We are thinking of his daughters, wife and family and are sending our condolences. Now, people that were that were pretty much that have been through what these trolls were accusing Bob of would have never written something like that. Trolls are going to be trolls. And, you know, unfortunately these are generally miserable people with miserable lives who have, you know, no way to make themselves feel better except to make other people miserable. And unfortunately this is the only way they know how to get attention. But, and I'll tell you right now, knowing Bob Saget's sense of humor, he probably did make an inappropriate joke in a, in a set, or maybe even a few times about the Olsen twins. It's, that was, nothing was off limits for his sense of humor and his comedy. So he probably did. And I guarantee you, people were dying laughing when he did. But, you know, he, the man was nothing in his real life except generous and kind and loving and sweet. Again, there's never been a single accusation against the man. I was on that set many times. Those children adored and loved him. You know, there was there was no issues about any of that kind of crap with him. He was their dad. He, he was, their, was dad. their dad. And he loved and adored them. And, you know, everybody had just a very special relationship with him. Very similar to how we felt about Alan. That is your parent. It's somebody you have become incredibly close to. Well, the entire cast also went ahead and sent uh, a, a huge statement on behalf of the Full House staff or on, on behalf of the Full House cast. They said, quote, 35 years ago, we came together as a TV family, but we became a real family. And now we grieve as a family. Bob made us laugh until we cried. Now our tears flow in sadness, but also with gratitude for all the beautiful memories of our sweet, kind, hilarious, cherished Bob. He was a brother to us guys, a father to us girls, and a friend to all of us. Bob, we love you dearly. We ask in Bob's honor, hug the people you love. No one gave better hugs than Bob. John, Dave, Candace, Jody, Lori, Andrea, Scott, Jeff, Ashley, and Mary Kate. So that was the statement uh, made by the, the, the cast of Full House. And like it says right there, they became a TV family, but they became a real family. And again, you can relate to something like that because same thing happened with the cast of Growing Pains. You guys were a TV family, but you became a real family. I mean, eight years, that's a pretty freaking long time to be together. Yeah, it. I mean, when you're together that long and even after the show, I guarantee they were in each other's lives. They were still involved. They still talked regularly very much. I mean, just like I did with Alan, just like we all did. Um, you know, you form a lifelong relationship. 
And again, just knowing the kind man that Bob was, I know that he held that position in their hearts and in their lives long after the show was going on. No doubt. And I, I mean, I'm wondering because I know that you're still you still uh, from time to time, you still speak to Candace here and there because you've been friends since uh, since those days when you guys I mean, because I know that I know that uh, Full House and Growing Pains were pretty close to one another because, I mean, granted, Growing Pains came before Full House aired, but you had Candace Cameron do uh, spots on Growing Pains. You had Kirk Cameron uh, do a guest appearance on Full House. So you you all knew each other very uh, very well for the most part. Have you spoken to Candace at all? Have you have you uh, have you heard anything, or have you reached out to her at this time? I I haven't yet reached out to Candace or to any of the cast uh, just to express my condolences. Uh, because I know what they're dealing with. And as I said earlier, I know the extra stuff they're dealing with. And right now I'm sure they're being bombarded with media requests. Uh, practically every person they know is is texting them or sending them messages on social media, um, you know, expressing those condolences. And it can be very, very overwhelming. Uh, I know for a fact, I mean, not from my experience within literally within a couple of hours of having found out that Alan passed away, my phone was blowing up. And I mean, blowing up with news stations trying to get a hold of me, with publicists trying to get a hold of me, people wanting statements, wanting interviews, wanting, and I'm still trying to process my grief at that point. Yeah. You know, so I I, couldn't even reach you at that time. Like you were completely like, you were you were off the radar for a while. I couldn't reach you for a good day and a half, which, to be honest with you, it was it was kind of a vacation. But I mean, beside the point, you know, <laughs> I mean, I was actually genuinely concerned because I knew how close you were uh, to Alan. I mean, how you how close you are to that entire TV family of yours. No, oh, it it like I said, they're dealing with a lot right now, so I'll, I'll be reaching out, you know, when I feel the time's appropriate. But I wanted to give you know, Candace and the rest of the cast some space. I mean, Candace and Jody, I knew very, very well. Uh, John Stamos, I knew very, very well. Um, they're the ones who I knew personally a little bit more and who I would reach out to and, you know, make sure they're okay and just express my understanding and condolences for the loss. But I wanted to give them time because there's, like I said, it's very overwhelming. They're processing a lot of grief right now. And I guarantee you, other people aren't being as understanding and they're being bombarded right now it's it's very overwhelming it's very hard to process your grief like that um you know when alan passed away i believe joanna kearns who played my mom she had press camped out on her front doorstep for like a day and a half i mean they were camped out on in front of her front lawn basically you know i mean people the the media does not respect your loss or your grief and again i just wanted to step back let them have their time and then i'll reach out and just as a friend say hey i'm sorry and you know i understand it's just it's it's a very 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 tragic weekend i mean very tragic start to 2022 first uh we lose uh, Betty White then. Well, actually, we, lo- we lost Betty White right before 2022 began. You know, then we lost Sidney Poitier. Now we lost Bob Saget. I mean, this has just been a very a, a huge loss in the Hollywood industry today or yesterday's loss was a very unexpected one. He died at the age of 65, very young. Way too early. I, I mean, you know, I mean, not to not to be crude or anything, but I mean, Betty White, Sidney Poitier, they were they were in their 90s. I mean, you know, that 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 right there, we're pretty much looking at that. I mean, we don't want anybody to die, really. But we look at that as, you know what, it was it was more like and they died of natural causes as well. Uh, you know, Betty White, they just found out that she passed away of a, of a stroke that she had si- uh, six days prior. So basically, the, the stroke was what what pretty much uh, what uh, coroner report said was what was the cause of death for for Betty White, but she passed away peacefully. So did Sidney Poitier. So, I mean, but Bob, this is something that was sudden, 65 years old, very young, uh, and nobody knows what exactly happened. But I mean, it's again, it's a tragedy in Hollywood. He will be missed and uh, for not not just uh, missed by his family, but by his fans, uh, people that loved him. My condolences go out to the cast of Full House and anybody else that has been touched by Bob Saget, his comedy, his humor, and his kindness. 
We will be right back after these messages from DAVI Radio Los Angeles with some more entertainment news right here on the Navarro Miller Report. Hi, I'm Carla Nell, a Southern Belle and eternal optimist. Hi, I'm Jordan Jacobo, and I'm not. I'm just a good old pessimist. So be sure to listen to the Impossibly Positive Show. Jordan, there's no such thing as a good pessimist. Well, not with that attitude. That's my line. Now who's being negative, Carla? Welcome back to the Navarro Miller Report on DAVI Radio Los Angeles. Uh, got some more news here for you, actually, involving uh, the the case. Well, this happened actually last week. Uh, we all know that uh, Travis McMichael, oh, actually, uh, the the uh, the Ahmad Arbery case, uh, the three gentlemen that killed this uh, this young man in practically cold blood, were sentenced all all three to uh, to separate life uh, sentences. Uh, Travis and Gregory McMichael were sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Uh, William Roddy Bryan was sentenced to life with the possibility of parole after 30 years. Now, here's the really sick part about this whole story, Jeremy, is the fact of the matter that Travis McMichael's lawyer is claiming that the judge was pressured by the presidents, by, pres by former President Obama, former President Trump, and current president Joe Biden, uh, and that because of that, they they didn't get a, a fair, I guess, a fair sentence or a fair trial. <laughs> they killed a young guy in cold blood. It was all over the news. It was all over every single freaking like footage. How in the blue hell are you gonna say that? Oh, it was it was they were the judge was pressured. I'm at a loss. I mean, this is a lawyer. This lawyer has no soul to go ahead and be saying something like this. Well, this let's I, I wish I could say I'm shocked, but this is the same lawyer who tried to block black uh, um, reverends and uh, priests and things like that from coming into the courtroom because we don't need more people like that in here. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, really? because, wow. well, because you had, you know, the Reverend Jesse Jackson, other powerful people who were coming to support the, Aubrey, the um, you know, Ahmed Aubrey's family, and they actually tried to block them coming to court. And his exact words, this lawyer, was because we don't need more of them people in here. Wow. So I'm not exactly shocked that this this idiot and yes, I am cleaning it up right now. This is very difficult for me. This, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> believe me, I just want to tear loose. Oh, but yeah. you know, it it doesn't shock me that this idiot, you know, is is wanting to blame it on some vast conspiracy or some these. This was a modern day lynching. Okay, these people hunted this young man down, killed him as violently as you possibly can, and then had the audacity to claim self defense for shotgunning an unarmed man to death. Okay, they hunted him down yep. for over 10 minutes and then shot him, shotgunned him to death and claimed they had the audacity to claim self-defense. So it doesn't an shock me man. that this, yes, an, an unarmed, unarmed man, man. Yep. but somehow they feared for their life from this unarmed man while they're holding a shotgun pointed at his chest. BS. Don't give me that crap. Okay. That's this, this lawyer is a scumbag. He's everything we hate about lawyers. He's the epitome of every lawyer joke there is. You're right. He has no soul and he'll, he'll get to, you know, account for that someday. Um, you know, whether karma takes care of it here or he's answering for it above, you know, that's he's, or below. He's gonna, <laughs> you got to answer above and then you go below as far as my understanding of it is, as far as my understanding of it is, but, <laughs> but seriously, I mean, this is, this is classic scumbag lawyer behavior and he's trying to feed into the conspiracy theory mentality of the, you know, right-wing racist majority in that in those areas and you know it's it's an issue but it doesn't shock me at all um it just it's just sickening that he actually is gonna appeal the sentence and i'm just like are you serious like it's just it's just sickening to me to actually that this that people like this actually exist on this planet i mean 
again, no words, no words. I already well, said what I wanted to say about that. Ag like, again, there's the other side of it. And I, you know, always got to play devil's advocate in that our constitution and our laws and everything else state that, you know, everyone is deserving of the best defense they can get. Unfortunately, now it means the best defense you can afford, but this guy is doing his job by trying to get his client off in every way he can. Now, is it shady? Is it disgusting? Is it despicable? Is it excused by this? No, it's not. But let's not forget, this man is doing his job at giving the most vigorous defense he can for his client. It's disgusting. It's despicable. But he, he is doing what he's supposed to be doing. Well, I doubt that he's going to succeed in this particular case. He could bellyache and, you know, complain about it. But I highly, highly doubt it's going to go anywhere. Those men are in there for life. Uh, justice, in my opinion, was served. Absolutely. Rightfully so. So I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that, the, that the justice system came through this time around for this particular case. In other uh, news, going back to entertainment here for a second, the Golden Globes happened yesterday i didn't really see them on tv or anything <laughs> because they didn't happen that's the thing you can't say it happened just because you awarded the awards does not mean that the golden globes happened why because there's no video there's no presenters there's no awardees there's no crowd there's no media. nothing it they were didn't, on social media, though. It didn't happen. All you did was <laughs> issue awards. The Golden Globes did not occur. <laughs> it's like it's like I didn't see anything. Where are where's this the invisible Golden Globe Awards that don't exist? Oh my goodness, this was this was a weird one. This was really strange. Tell me about it. Like they they were they were basically they were boycotting the NBC was boycotting. Uh, the awards. So were many other uh, production companies. Everybody else was boycotting the awards. They didn't want it to happen. And uh, but they <laughs> they basically said, I mean, the the Hollywood Foreign Press Association basically said, oh, we're doing this, whether you want us to or not. It's gonna happen, and it did allegedly um, <laughs> the 79th annual golden globe awards uh allegedly <laughs> went on without a, went off without a hitch um and uh i mean the good news is that there was that they uh awarded a lot of awards that in my opinion were very well deserved uh you have you have will smith he received his first golden globe award for his role in king richard uh best performance by an actor in a motion picture uh, uh he received a golden globe his first and then you have uh nicole kidman uh she received a performance best performance by an actress in a motion picture uh for being the ricardos and i i in my opinion i think those two awards are very well deserved well again i i haven't gotten a chance to see either king richard or being the ricardos unfortunately just time has been sparse in particular with king richard uh joni my fiance uh you know has been wanting to watch it with me she's really excited to see it so we've been trying to find time together to sit down and watch it but everything i've heard about their performances it's sounds like this was well deserved uh not a controversial choice for the you know winner at all and again nicole kidman is just a wonderful actress she's done some brilliant work will smith knocks it out of the park almost every time oh yeah so again it's really cool to see um you know i i i have no problem with the awards being handed out it's more a semantics thing for me like you can't i'm sorry you can't say the awards happened because it didn't happen there was no show there was no nothing you just gave out awards you have winners but there was no golden globe awards you know but Again, this, this reminds me. This reminds me of the the purpose of Seinfeld. It's a show about nothing. <laughs> In this particular case, it's a show about nothing. <laughs> well, this is just awkward. I mean, seriously. And again, I, I understand how it could be hard on their part. I mean, as an organization, they care about these awards. Um, maybe you know the history and tradition of handing these out. Maybe they didn't want to miss a year. But when your performers and your production company and the people you are honoring are boycotting your awards. It's not like you can really set up a stream or do something on, you know, live because if they're not going to support it and, and go on to say thank you and give a speech, then you can't really do a show. It's just, it's a weird situation. 
Very, very weird. But I mean, I, like I said, the, the awards were very well deserved. I mean, another award, this one's the first actually, the first uh, Korean to receive a Golden Globe Award uh, was was given to Oh Young Soo for his for best performance by an actor in a supporting role on television for Squid Games. Now, I haven't seen Squid Games yet. I, I, I've been curious about it, but I'm afraid because if I watch it and I like it, well... I, you won't be hearing from me for a while. That, that's exactly it. That's that's why I have not started it either. I've heard nothing but brilliance, and it's amazing, and it's very cool. Much congratulations uh, on the award. Um, you know, it's very cool to see a Korean-born actor. You know, in a in in a what is a foreign production getting recognition for just what i've heard is a brilliant performance but i'm the same way i i've heard it's very addicting and it's gripping and again i know once i start it's going to be two or three days of just straight binging and i, I don't have the time or energy right. for that. now if you could somehow give me an extra two days you know add another two hours to the day maybe i can start fitting some of this in dude it's it's so it, the other thing too about me is that I'm the type of person I, you know, I watch something because I'm I want to watch it, but not because it's trending or popular. For that, if that were the case, I would have watched Tiger King, which I've never watched in my entire life, and I refuse to. Um, but you're I missing mean, out. Oh God, don't tell me that. Don't. Oh, don't you're do missing that. out. Oh, it is. The, it it is the ultimate train wreck that you cannot turn away from. Oh, don't do that. You're don't missing out. That. You are, man. It is the <sighs> ultimate train wreck that you just can't look away from. It's horrible in all the best ways. Oh man, now you're gonna now see you. You have a tendency of making me watch things I don't want to watch, <laughs> and I'm not saying that in a very in a in an awkward way either. Um, <laughs> Hey, that's secret. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Freaking A, dude. I swear. What's up, baby? <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, I I man, don't tell me that. I I'm I'm seriously like now now you're gonna make me want to watch it. Now I'm gonna oh, I, like, I gotta tell you, it is. It's everything I just said. Uh, it is awful in all the worst ways, the best ways. It it just it is that car accident that you just you you want to turn away and you can't. It's it it is worth a watch. I gotta tell you. Okay, I'll consider it. I'll I'll, I'll consider. It. But anyways, going back to <laughs> more awards. Uh, uh, Hans Zimmer. Uh, he won uh, best original score. Oh, motion there's picture. There's a shock. For, I know, right? <laughs> the guy's a freaking you know musical genius. Practically, uh, he won for the movie Dune, which uh, you which you've seen. And uh, you had a few things to say about that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, best original song, motion picture for No Time to Die. Uh, went to both uh, Billie Eilish and her brother, Phineas O'Connell. Uh, she's just racking up awards. I swear, first the Grammys, now this. I mean, she's but she does have, like, incredible talent. I mean, they're both their music, that uh, that brother and sister music combo is just very, very ingenious, actually. Um of course, we also have uh, we also have uh, uh, Michael Keaton also won uh, best performance by an actor in a limited series, anthology series, or motion picture made for television. Uh, he won for his role on Dope Sick, which that actually, of course, that's that's well deserved because it's Michael Keaton. I mean, the guy like the guy's a freaking. He's awesome. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's just awesome. So, I mean, ma many congratulations to everybody that won. One movie, actually, that you're probably going to disagree that should have won. <laughs> but, I mean, there's really there's really a limited amount of this. Is Best Motion Picture Animated Series Encanto won for that. But hold on. But, but there was four other animated series that were nominated. Flea, Luca, My Sunny Mad... Raya and the Last Dragon. Those are four other movies that were also nominated, but Encanto won. So, I mean, what's the problem, man? I mean, we watched it together. I thought it was a cute, like, cartoon. It, it was cute, but it I didn't enjoy it. I'm sorry. It was very lacking for me. I, I, I found it just, I found it boring and... God, I, I don't agree with this as a best picture. I mean, if it's from a sheer uh, enjoyment standpoint, you know, Luca would have gotten my you know, vote out of those four. But again, this is something that I really, really like about the Golden Globes is that they have always broken up the categories. 
So, you know, for best picture, you have best picture drama, you have best, best picture comedy, and you have best picture animated. So you get different people from very different genres still getting, uh, you know, deserved recognition. And I've always really enjoyed that aspect of the, of the um, you know, Golden Globes. That's not to take away from how the other award shows do it, but I, I like they give a little extra recognition and, and acknowledge the fact that different films can still be great. They're just very different styles of films. So, so again, it's... <laughs> I like that they recognize the animated and they give that out as a separate award, but uh -huh. personally from an enjoyment level and Canto was very, very, uh, it was very empty. It was very fluff. It, it didn't, you know, Tell me emotionally, how you really it didn't emotionally connect at all. And I found it a little boring. So yeah, I don't agree with that out of those four, if it had to be them uh, again, it wasn't a strong year. I mean, there wasn't any animated film that I was just like, oh my God, this was amazing. But out of those four, I enjoyed Luca a lot more than I enjoyed Encanto. I'm laughing because I'm laughing because you were making fun of the music too. You were like, they just put any, like any wording into a Latin song. Well, it, it, it was, that was such a ridiculous thing. It was, it was not. <laughs> It's like they they got the they said give me a Colombian beat and then we're just gonna have the actors say whatever the hell they want. I mean these songs oh were God. unemotional. They had no connection really right to about the that. story. I mean when you see a great you know Pixar film, Disney yeah. film, you want those you know you want those songs that get you moving, get you you know into the film. And this was just lacking in all of that. I mean it well, really and, was. And, it was just like give me a Colombian beat. I mean, look at look at Coco. I mean, you love Coco. You, I remember you told well, me about that. And I was like, I don't want to watch that movie because I don't want to cry. And you're like, oh, you're going to cry. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this one, it just seemed like they were trying for the diversity aspect. And let's make it as Colombian as we can just to try and force it. You know, yeah. they didn't have any real... Coco really encapsulated that Latin feel with the music and the imagery and... I mean, the music in particular was really moving and it got you going in the story and it was very authentically, you know, Latin. This didn't have that feel. This was like, we're making this, you know, Colombian to make it Colombian. You know, I mean, there was no depth behind it. So, yeah, I definitely this is not a pick I would have chosen. So real quick, do you think now that uh, going back to Will Smith really quick, do you think that Will Smith might have a chance to have at, at actually winning his first Academy Award now that he won his first Golden Globe. Because I, I honestly, I honestly think he might actually have a chance of winning his first Academy this time. Well, similar to, you know, Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio going through many years with not winning an Academy Award, Will Smith has put up numerous performances that should have garnered him that recognition oh yeah so to see it finally come through would be amazing i mean i personally i mean not that ali wasn't great but that was i think pursuit his of last happiness in pursuit of happiness still to this day i don't understand how he didn't win he got snuffed on that one completely I, I do not understand how he did not win for pursuit of happiness that was the best performance one of the most emotional and dramatic performances yeah. i have seen in any film ever and uh, yeah, that was um, again. It would be great to see him get that recognition. Finally, I cried three different times in that movie. I was bawling my eyes. Only out. three? <laughs> well, <laughs> the th yeah, pretty much. Because I mean, you know, it, it was the it was the scene where he slept in the in the subway. It was the scene where he's basically sleeping in the YMCA, and then it was the scene where he finally became a success. Those three scenes had me freaking crying my eyes out. Like it was just uh, such a moving performance by Will Smith and his son. Uh, it's just, it, he, I believe he got stuffed. I'm hoping that this time around the Academy, you know, the members of the Academy make the right choice and give him his Academy award. That's rightfully deserved, rightfully earned in my opinion. I mean, he's, he's way past due. So I'm hoping that that's the case this time around. Uh, but going back to animated movies, you had a report going on. What's going on with, uh, with Disney and Pixar. So it seems that uh, Pixar's employees are extremely disappointed and shocked. Their new major film, Turning Red, is being released, but it is only being released on Disney Plus. And it appears that they were led to believe 
by Disney that this was going to be a full theatrical release. Pixar had gotten, you know, very excited about this being their first film back into theaters. Um, you know, they had great success with Soul being released on Disney Plus because of the pandemic and everything. But this was their chance to get their film back up on the big screen. And at the last minute, apparently Disney pulled the rug out and said, nope, we're just releasing it on streaming. So uh, Pixar employees are extremely disappointed and uh, very shocked. They were uh, kind of blindsided by this. Yeah, and think- again, I've. I've talked about this before, you know, this anytime you're taking something out of the theaters, you are limiting the profit possibilities of your of your production. So this limits Pixar's take. This limits, you know, the anybody who was making money on the back end, directors, anybody like that, voice actors, they're going to be losing out on some profit and some income here. You know, it's and then again, from just an artistic standpoint, it can be a once in a lifetime opportunity to see your film that you worked so hard on that you you know put everything into up on the big screen so i can understand why this would be amazingly disappointing for them i mean in a sense i i hearing this it kind of just i i think in my opinion maybe this is a preemptive strike scene as there's like maybe disney's seen that there's a lot of cancellations of big events such as sundance e3 uh concerts festivals they're being canceled right now because of a surge of the omicron variant in many places so it's possible that they're just doing a preemptive strike that maybe theaters might actually be closing down uh or shutting down for you know for a possible another lockdown who knows so this might be the case in, in you know it might be a strategic business move by disney's uh by disney's point but uh yeah it kind of still sucks for the rest of the staff they weren't they, i mean kind of a short notice i would think well it seems like it's very last minute and let me just say that yes this could be related to the pandemic you know and them just trying to head off you know another lockdown um but at the same time they have the ability to release the film in theaters and if there's lockdown or there's anything else like that immediately put it on streaming they could do that but they would disney would take a hit on whatever they lost on distribution to get it out to the theaters and things like that and of course disney is well known for never being okay with taking a hit to their bottom line you know i'd be a much more it'd, it'd be nice if they would look out for their production partners and the people who make these productions possible by actually allowing them you know taking the risk and allowing them this opportunity to uh profit more from their hard work um but that would mean disney would have to be okay with the possibility of losing some money and disney's never okay with that so um unfortunately their production partners are the ones who will always pay the price well i guess we'll just have to go ahead and watch that new movie on disney plus but then again they do charge 35 bucks for that so i'll just wait for it to come out later on a few months later (laughs) oh my god when we return uh a florida man story jeremy's got that uh is a very interesting one We'll, we'll talk to you guys about that when we return on davi radio los angeles Hey, this your boy Rashid Ali from the VIP Lounge. For all your real estate needs, call the Davenport Realty Group at 323-239-0239. Make sure you tell them Rashid sent you. All your real estate dreams are just a phone call away. Welcome back to the Navarro Miller Report right here on DABI Radio Los Angeles. And Jeremy, what's going on in crazy Florida right now? What's happening? So, ladies and gentlemen, I know you've been waiting a long time. Florida Man was a little quiet at the end of the year last year, (laughs) but we have our very first Florida Man story of the year. Woohoo! So, we have (laughs) Florida Man arrested and found with cocaine and other drugs taped to his penis, denies they're his. Denies they're his. Okay. They strapped to his junk. <laughs> Literally. Okay. I mean, we've all heard of people, you know, you know, shoving stuff down there or, or the old cocaine or up there or the, you know, the old cocaine traffickers would sometimes, you know, tape bundles or kilos inside of people's thighs. No, this was actually taped around his junk. 
and he had the audacity to claim it's not mine <laughs> well maybe it really isn't his it was someone else that put it there but still <laughs> well then explain that one to me okay this is this is this is an area of a man's body that you know we always know what's going on with let me just say that hey, so for, for all you know he could have passed out at a party and somebody might have just been and, like and you know. what woke up and didn't <laughs> notice a, a you know freaking pound of whatever hanging from his junk hey he, he 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 might have woken up and not even noticed anything and for all he knows as soon as they caught him and they saw that he was probably just as shocked as anybody like i mean yeah you know? <laughs> god bless florida man i swear emotional damn it <laughs> I mean, that's just insane. Seriously, how, how can you get away with something like that? I mean, or not even, or not get away with, but try to go ahead and plead the fifth. <laughs> Dude, at that point, you're just busted. I mean, come on. That's any, any other rational people would just be like, okay, screw it. You got me. I mean, this guy's like, it's not mine. <laughs> God, that's awesome though i gotta tell you that's probably the best freaking line ever uh, uh, uh i have no idea who who's that is <laughs> <laughs> oh oh florida uh you never seem to disappoint <laughs> well that's it i love i love hearing stories like those those are freaking awesome but i'm um, going back to some more entertainment news scream celebrate celebrates pretty much 25 years of being on the big screen with their brand new movie coming out uh in in uh very soon and uh x on extra they interviewed the three main characters the three surviving characters of the woodsboro massacre uh nev campbell courtney cox and david arquette uh were being interviewed which is this is a very interesting interview actually because you had nev campbell sitting in between courtney and david and 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 it's just such, it was such an awkward moment for uh for david uh in a sense because they were asking him very awkward very very interesting questions regarding how he felt about basically sharing the screen with with ex-wife uh courtney cox and he, he he got so nervous his is he has like a nervous laugh and he was like well i mean it's it's uh it's great <laughs> you know i mean she's a consummate professional uh we co-parent together so i mean we get along very well and then he starts laughing he starts giggling a very nervous giggle and Corey's just sitting there with a smirk on her face like uh-huh uh-huh say something bad and we'll see what happens um but it was just it was hilarious and awkward to watch at the same time and nev is like in the middle like oh god this is so uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> but he got through it and he basically uh shifted uh shifted um uh, the conversation by basically saying that it's very interesting to have the character of Dewey and Gale back on screen together they were also uh, commenting on the fact of the matter that this is not uh, Wes Craven film. I mean, it's it was directed by Wes Craven before, but he passed away in 2015. So it's different in a sense that it's not Wes Craven directing it. So they're kind of like, it's, it's different, but at the same time, the directors that are doing it are pretty much trying to follow the same suit as Wes Craven uh, as his as his movies were in the past in other words almost paying homage because even the directors are like we became directors because of Wes Craven because of his movies so obviously it's going to be something similar to that but what they're not talking about is I mean what what they did that what they did say what Neff Campbell did mention is that this isn't the end for Scream seems like there's going to be more movies after this but the real question is is it going to be with the original cast or not uh according to uh nev campbell the way she was uh, she answered that question she's like uh well you're gonna have to wait and see and find out as you know as for as far as if uh, her character sydney sydney campbell ends up surviving this time around uh ghostface so it's gonna be interesting i mean i'm actually looking forward to seeing this movie jeremy i'm looking forward to seeing this one um, I don't know how I feel about them doing more. I'm a little conflicted on that. I, I understand doing this one, especially as kind of an homage or a tribute to, to Wes and doing it in his style. But the more you do of that, and if this continues on as a series of movies, it gets easier to get away from what really made, you know, Wes spectacular and what he put into it. 
Um, I can tell you, I'm actually tied into the Scream films and had the privilege of working with Wes. It's one of the one of the highlights of my career. Oh, nice! Was I, I did uh, um, a lot of the background vocals for the first two films. Really? Um, wow! Yeah, you you actually hear me in multiple scenes. Um, it was just background voiceover stuff. So if you were, you know, if you there's a scene where there's a party, the scenes in the school, the scenes on the school's campus, all those different things were the people talking in the background or partying or doing whatever. And on day one of shooting, we didn't know. All we knew was it was a Wes Craven production. We weren't told anything about it because of the. Um, kind of surprise nature of the film. We had to sign NDAs, couldn't talk about anything. And Wes was there on day one to actually, I mean, that's how involved he was in every detail. He was there to coach the background voice actors. I mean, we're not even a main part of the film. We are the ones talking in the background, just giving background dialogue for, you know, so it sounds like normal life. And he wow. was there to make sure that we got the exact feel he wanted. Wow, that's awesome. That's, that's the amount of detail, you know, he put into a production. So I love that they're doing this again. I want to see it again, but I'm a little conflicted at them continuing afterwards. Well, we're going to have to go ahead and wait to see if uh, any of the characters survive Ghostface this time around or if one of them gets killed. And I don't know, it'll be kind of strange if, if Nev Campbell's character, Sidney Campbell, uh, gets, uh, 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 you know, gets, gets offed. That's going to be weird because that's the main character. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens when Scream hits theaters. Coming up next, we got the sports report right after this on DAVI Radio Los Angeles. All right, make sure you tune in to Matt Grady and the Morning Crew Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. That's right, Matt, Matt Grady, Grady and the Morning Crew Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Make sure you join us for that morning drive. We'll get you started for the day. DAVI Radio Los Angeles. Welcome back to the Navarro Miller Report. I'm your host, Dave Navarro, alongside with this guy, Mr. Jeremy Miller on DAVI Radio Los Angeles. Uh, Jeremy, God, man, this is a crazy weekend. We're going into Wild Card Weekend, but before Wild Card Week begins, there was a firing. They fired the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. I don't understand this move. I'm actually blown away by this move. Um this came out of complete left field. There was a lot of um, coaches that were on the hot seat that we expected to go bye-bye that over the next couple of weeks, we will see them go bye-bye. But Brian Flores is or was the coach of the Miami Dolphins. And although they had a very shaky start to the year, he has brought this team together and has them playing at an extremely high level of football. They have won eight of their last nine games. Okay, eight of nine in the NFL. That's an amazing record. Mm -hmm. Now, given they had a horrible start to the season and it made them miss out on the playoffs and everything else, I don't understand management doing this. I really don't. Um, you, you just don't see this, really. They, they have a guy who has won over the last few years, helped make them respectable, has helped make them able to compete. You know, the Miami Dolphins were a joke before this guy came. They hadn't had a winning season in years. And he's got them winning games, playing at a high level, and again, have won eight of nine. And they decide, oh, we need to shake this up and get rid of him. There's worse coaches out there that have had a worse season. Look at Detroit. Look at, uh, look at, uh, um, not Baltimore, um, uh, freaking uh, uh, Jacksonville. I mean, mm -hmm. there's they didn't fire their coaches. I mean, I don't understand what this move from uh, from Miami, uh, like where'd this come from? Un unless they have a big name coach who they have so much confidence in turning this around or building on this, unless they already have that lined up, this makes no sense. It which, really which, doesn't. Which so far, like they they don't because there hasn't been any reports of another coach lining up to go ahead and take uh, and take his place i mean this this make this really like i don't understand what miami what the management what the owners were thinking when they did this move i have no idea i mean they've had worse records than this in the past what what was the deal with this i mean i, I really don't know i mean as a gm this makes no sense to me 
I mean, as a GM, if you have a team that won eight out of nine and is playing that well and has come together under this coach, then you go into the offseason with that momentum. You talk to the coach about what you guys need to move forward, and then you fill holes through the draft and you start the season on a high note with all that momentum you built up. But instead, they got all this momentum, they got everybody on the same page, and now they're going to bring in another head coach who's going to have a completely new style, a new scheme. Everybody has to now get on the same page with that. They've basically guaranteed that they're going to be a mess again next year. Not only get on the same page, but I mean, you have players that aren't are probably not going to like this new coach because of what well, happened to the old one. That's a lot of the players are tweeting out. I mean, the players are in an uproar over this, apparently. I mean, one of the Miami safeties who's actually, you know, a star on the team, all he could tweet was sick AF and then crying emoji. I mean, he, you know, these, these, it has been all day Twitter. The players have been on, you know, all day expressing their displeasure at this. I mean, again, this guy has gotten them all on the same page. He's gotten them playing well and all moving in the same direction. So again, these players bought into what this guy was selling and are behind him. And the owners and GM just pulled the rug out. Oh, we're going to have to wait and see what happens next season with Miami, but I don't think it's going to be looking too good for them. Uh, again, going into wildcard week, uh, obviously my Green Bay Packers are number one seed. So they get their bye week alongside with uh, the Tennessee Titans, Jeremy. What do you, I mean, we have, we have yesterday's crazy, crazy ending to the Raiders versus Chargers game was insane. Uh, Raiders could have easily tied the game and both teams would have gone to the playoffs, eliminating uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, but uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh, they're in the playoffs. <laughs> I run, run women. <laughs> Women of Pittsburgh don't go outside till after they get eliminated. <laughs> and God help you. If, if they win the Super Bowl, women stay inside. Don't go to clubs. Don't go. If you see him what? walk in the door, run out the back door. Jeremy, whatever do you mean? What are you talking about? Who are you talking about? As we've said, Ben Roethlisberger has won two championships and has been accused of raping two women in association with those championships. So oh, it's man. my view that he celebrates very differently than other people. <laughs> and I don't ever want to see him win another Super Bowl. And God help you if he does. If he does, women just don't go outside. Stay inside, pretend it's locked down, and just stay away it's from this locked, guy. Pretend it's locked down. Oh my God. Well, other than that, I mean, in the AFC, you have the Raiders versus Bengals. New England versus the Bills, Steelers versus Kansas City uh, to move forward. And in the NFC, you have the Cardinals versus Rams, uh, 49ers versus uh, Cowgirls, I mean Cowboys, and uh, the Buccaneers versus the Eagles. That the, the, the four in NFC, San Francisco versus Cowboys. Obviously, we know more than likely Buccaneers are going to move on. But the San Francisco versus Cowboys, Cardinals versus Rams, those are a toss-up in my opinion. Cardinals versus Rams is the real toss-up, in my opinion. Uh, both these teams have been incredibly inconsistent all year long. They've been very up and down. Um, first, actually, let me throw this in. Congratulations to the Rams wide receiver, Cooper Cup. Uh, little Cooper, as he's known as, uh, actually won a very rare thing, the wide receiver triple crown. He led the league in touchdowns, receptions, and yardage this year. Um, so, good on you, Cooper. But these teams have been just you you don't they've been jekyll and hyde you have no idea who's showing up so right now if i mean if i had to pick i would give the edge to the rams <coughs> you know they've been playing um they've gotten a little better over the last few weeks whereas the arizona cardinals have seemed to regress the last few weeks yeah. so if i had to choose i would say the rams but again you don't know with either of these two teams who's showing up it's going to be, it's definitely going to be a toss up. We're just going to have to wait and see. This week is going to be crazy. I'm going to be definitely uh, tuning in to all these games to see who's going to go on to the next uh, round of the playoffs. We'll As just have to I, wait. I'll, I'll oh, tell yeah. you right now on the AFC side, I th that seems pretty easy to me. I've been talking about the Bengals with you for a few yep. weeks now. You told me the yep. way they've been playing, how solid they've been. I think they're going to win. Buffalo has really started to come together oh, yeah. at the end and they're of the hungry. year. 
They're hungry. They're hungry. I think that that's a, a lock for them as well. And I'm going with Kansas City over Pittsburgh. A, I just don't want to see Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> get any closer to a Super Bowl. But B, I really think they're playing better football at the moment. Again, they've been a little Jekyll and Hyde. You're not quite sure who's showing up. They've been banged up with COVID and with injuries. But I still think they're playing better football right now than the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll have to wait and see and find out. That's the news in case you haven't heard it. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Navarro Miller Report on DAVI Radio Los Angeles. I am your host, Dave Navarro, alongside with this guy right here. And Jeremy Miller, great to be talking with all of you again. You know, makes it worth putting up with this guy. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll go ahead and see you here every uh, Monday and Friday. Our next show is Friday uh, from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make sure you join us. But for now, we will see you all next time. You have been listening to The Navarro Miller Report.